Hey everyone, it's Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development, and this is our Veterans Stories Difference Makers series, and I'm delighted to have veteran Keith McKeever with us. Hi, Keith. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Awesome to have you here. I'd just love to start by saying thank you for your service, and um, also, why don't you tell us about your motivation for joining the military originally? Well, I don't know if you've heard this one before, but uh, my motivation... Um, kind of boredom actually I had went to <laughs> I had went to a junior college and got an associate's certificate associate's degree level in in law enforcement and that's one of the things I want to do and I grew up with some first responders in my family and everything and I thought law enforcement's the direction that I wanted to go and graduated about three months short of turning 21 and so at the time I, I don't think they've changed any but to be a police officer, you had to be 21. And I knew that a uh, small town kid grew up in the country. No place I was going to get a job uh, with not having a bachelor's degree or any prior law enforcement experience was in big cities. And, um, you know, when you grow up running around in the country and playing in creeks, living in concrete jungles, uh, sky skyscrapers and living in a town I don't know and living in an adult life <laughs> scared the heck out of me at 20. You know, I was like, what am I, what am I really doing? You know, I think everybody goes through a little bit of that, uh, you know, probably about that age. And then I graduated and I was working a job and came home one day and the phone rang. We had a, a landline at the time and I answered, it was an army recruiter and talked to him for a good 45 minutes. Wow. And I found out I had an associate's degree. He goes, oh, great. You could be a helicopter pilot. Oh, you know, as you know, 20 years old, that sounds amazing. Helicopter pilot. Like you got me hook, line, and sinker at this point. And uh, my stepdad came home and he was a Vietnam vet. And I talked to him and I said, hey, Bill, you know, the army called, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of bored, don't know what to do. This is going to be some experience in life, maybe figure some things out, you know. And he goes, listen, don't join the army. Definitely don't join the Marine Corps. If you're going to do it, go talk to the Navy or the Air Force. You'll have a little bit better quality of life. And make a long story short, I did. Went, I, I didn't, never even talked to the Navy. Went right into the Air Force recruiter, talked to them. They were friendly. I, I think I was just probably the perfect candidate at the perfect time. Um, was looking at either firefighter, security forces, or aerial gunner. Uh, had made it through MEPS and everything, and he called me about a couple weeks. Uh, about Actually, about this time in, in 2006, and was like, look, in a couple weeks, I got a guy who's supposed to go to security forces, but he just broke his leg. You're the only person I have that's interested in that job that can go. That's, you know, not in high school or whatever. Uh, do you want it? And I said, well, when do you want an answer? He said, well, preferably today. <laughs> so wait, well, put a lot of pressure on a 20 year old to, to figure out life choices yeah. in, in a couple of hours. But I said, you know what, if I'm going to do this, sir, let's do it now. And uh, that's how I ended up in. I was like, I, I figured if I waited six months or a year, I might've changed my mind and, and never joined. So that's what I, that's when I decided to, so it was probably about a five week period, really, from when I talked to the army recruiter to the point I was uh, made up my mind to join the Air Force. Wow. And how long were you in the service? I was in for five years, seven months and 20 days. Wow. Tell us about some of the experiences that you had and where you went, what you did. Uh, well, the experiences, I definitely had a lot of experiences. My first duty station was uh, in Yokota, Japan. And that was, that was wild. Once again, you know, I, I got what I was hoping for, I guess, of 
um, getting something out of this world and getting some experiences. Cause like I said, I did, just living in the, in the city near me kind of scared me having grown up in the country. Next thing I know I'm stationed at Yokota, which is a suburb of Tokyo, the largest city in the world. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't have ended up in a more unique situation to get that experience. Uh, turned right around from there, uh, deployed to Southern Iraq to Camp Buka was a prison camp. And we did the prison guard thing for eight months. Came back and uh, went to Ecuador for six months, then came to Scott Air Force Base in southern Illinois, and then immediately deployed again. Went to Joint Base Lot, Iraq. Wow. So quite a few experiences. What are some of the things that you take away from your time in the military that are useful and making an impact with you now? Hmm. I think just, you know, learning how to serve others. You know, you got you to gotta work with the people around you. Uh, the leadership lessons that you learn on, on just how to serve others. You know, the Air Force's second core value is service before self. You know, and I, I think anybody mm -hmm. who served has seen good leadership and they've seen terrible leadership. And both of them can teach you a lot of lessons about how to better serve the people around you. <clears throat> right. That's probably and one that of the, the biggest ones. Thank you. Uh, that transition time, was it difficult coming back into civilian life after having been in the military structured days? Yes and no. Um, I went about a month being unemployed, trying to find a job. Uh, finally landed one at a furniture sales store. And I feel to this day got really, really lucky with that hmm. because it was a work environment where we had a manager and an assistant manager. And we had another sales guy, myself, and we had a warehouse guy. And it was a big building. There was other sections, but we didn't really work with them. Um, but I worked 70 hours a week with the same people every single day. We had to unload the trucks. We had to, when the warehouse right. guy wasn't there, load load people's furniture for them. Um, so there's an element of it kind of keeping me somewhat fit at the time. Mm -hmm. And s working with a small group of people, similar to mm -hmm. what, you, what you do in the military, and so many hours with them. I mean, I became friends with these guys. The the other salesman at the company, uh, his name's Bob. I mean, to this day, Bob is like a big brother to me. You know, we just, we we all connected so much because we worked together. And right. so I look back on it after I've learned about a lot of people's transition issues and realized I got incredibly lucky. I landed in what was probably the perfect environment. And do you think that... Um longer hours, smaller group of people, consistent time together, that actually helps with the transition from military into civilian life, similar sort of connection? I think it did. I think it really helped a lot. Um, mm. Just you know, maybe because you don't think about other things as much. You don't have as much time to sit around. You're just with the same group of people. When you're with somebody for 70 hours a week, you get to know them pretty good. Yeah. Uh, everybody's family would come in. Uh, we would have people bring food in and crock pots, you know, and like every single week, somebody would be <clears throat> bringing some dish in some barbecued meat or some soup in a crock pot or sandwiches. And so we just knew everybody's family. People would come in and it just, we just were close. And yeah. I think that really helped because at least I wasn't sitting there feeling like I had no connection to anybody mm -hmm. other than family. And I think that's where a lot of people have problems is they just don't have any connection period. They just get out and they're, for lack of a better term, in, in no man's land. Right. And now you've launched the Battle Buddy podcast. I'd love for you to share about that. Yeah, that was uh, 
with my career in real estate, I have, you know, I'm on the road quite a bit, you know, 15 minutes here, 30 minutes there, an hour maybe. So I got to the point where I would listen to a lot of podcasts instead of music. And I really enjoyed it. And then I started noticing on Facebook that a lot of people were having struggles uh, in different Facebook groups. Maybe it was financial struggles, maybe it was personal relationships, divorces, problems with children, problems with parents, whatever. And I noticed everything kind of fell into a handful of categories and people were just having some serious problems and they just needed somebody to talk Mm -hmm. to. They needed advice. And I got Mm -hmm. to thinking, well, there's a lot of great veteran podcasts out there. And a lot of them are on different topics. Some of them are just telling stories. Some of them are very, very specific to, um, you know, nonprofits, for example, or something like that. And Mm. that's all great. But I was like, where's, where's the variety of conversation? You know, as mm. like you're scrolling here, PTSD and TBI treatments and suicide prevention. I've had mm. some episodes of military sexual trauma, some some tough topics that people yeah. have a hard time talking about. But I think that they really need to be talked about. Yes. And I figured by interviewing other people, having them share their story and pull something actionable out of it where veterans can listen to it and say, oh, I either need to share this with my battle buddy or I can implement the educational aspect or maybe I'm inspired from it. And, you know, better my life in one way or another. And so that's the goal of it. Really great to have those authentic conversations with you being a veteran, speaking to veterans and being able to dig a little bit deeper in those issues. What do you what do you hear and what do you see in your network of veterans? uh, Some of the recurring um, persistent issues that they grapple with. I kind of put them in. A handful of different categories. One of them is a lack of connection to community, which we just hit on a couple of minutes ago. Mm. And it's just, they get out. And when you leave your unit, everybody forgets about you. Because once you leave the unit, they're putting somebody else from another another base or the new guys yeah. coming in and taking your slot. They have a mission. They have a goal. You may be mm. connected with them on Facebook, but you're not going to be, you're probably not living near the base. You know, you might be moving your home a record. You're away. Not all of the veteran at, might get some flack from some people, but not all the veteran service organizations are for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a proud VFW and American Legion member, but a lot of those are, you know, hang around the bar and and drink. They also have a legislative aspect to them, which is great, but it's not for everybody. You know, in right. this generation, we have a lot of young people who have families and they don't want to just go sit at the bar. You know, they, they, maybe they want something where their kids can play. They can bring their family, right. you know? So, some of those options aren't out there, but connecting to something helps. I see a lot of personal relationship issues, you know, marriage issues, relationship with children, you know, strange parent child relationships with their own parent, with their parents or their kids. And, you know, gainful employment is another one. A lot of people are looking for a good job, a job that not only pays the bills, but gives them a sense of accomplishment, you know, fulfillment, Uh, physical and mental health is a big one. And the, the last one, and maybe arguably one of the bigger ones, is financial and legal issues. Right. A lot of people are just really bad at managing their money or they get themselves in some very sticky legal situations. Right. You know, if you, if you scour, you know, scroll through these Facebook groups long enough, you'll see examples of each one of those for sure. Wow. These great people like yourself, Keith, who are, who are doing wonderful things to help veterans and to connect them together. 
um, I had the privilege of interviewing Jimmy Cave, a veteran um, who wrote a book after his time working with the VA and taking 20 years to get his disability actually acknowledged and to get his disability funded for, for support. And he, so he wrote a book um, on these are the ways that you can get support. This is the support that you don't know is actually out there for you. And these are the forms you can fill in there to get it rather than having to go in and hand in one document and get told you need another three. So you can be prepared, go in and get that full support that you actually deserve. And there's great people like Jimmy out there. And yesterday I spoke with Cassie O'Shin, who actually is a corporate lawyer. Uh, corporate counsel, and he actually serves with an organization that provides criminal justice support for veterans because there's actually laws that give judges the opportunity to um, show leniency and discretion with the, the way that they may, may respond to a veteran who's been charged with some, something recognizing that they've actually been through trauma that most other people would never even have heard of or experienced or will never encounter in their lives and gives them the the discretion, the judges, the discretion. So Cassio and his team actually go in and they inform the judges of this legislation and the lawyers and the veterans and everyone around them to make sure that they have that opportunity to get the support and the opportunity to, to step out of that really difficult situation. Um, you mentioned about relationship issues. What are some of those supports that you've seen work really well for uh, veterans that come back and they're grappling with now being back in family, maybe back with the wife, back with the children. What can they do? What help can they get? Well, I think step one is taking care of yourself, and that is going to the VA or an outside provider and, and getting me mental health treatment. Right. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, I mean, you can't really work on relationships with others. Mm. Um, but I know, I believe the vet centers also have treatment or uh, counseling sessions with spouses as well course you can find private uh, mental health professionals that could do that as well but I think the first step is taking care of yourself and I'll say it's anybody who's gone through mental health you know after being in the military will probably tell you the same thing that it's ripping off a band-aid it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt worse but without that pain you're not gonna get better on the other side and right. so you got to have that right mindset with it and I think going to counseling working through those getting the right mindset you can fix those relationships or you can at least start getting on the path to anyway. Do you use LinkedIn much? Yes. Yes, I do. I'm um, a member of the Veterans Business uh, Project Group, and there's hundreds, if not thousands, of veteran-owned businesses or businesses launching and looking to employ fellow veterans. And it's great to see veterans looking after veterans, giving opportunities for veterans, supporting veterans, because I think they recognize life's not easy. When you come back in, you mentioned employment before. What else have you seen has helped with, because um, uh, you've had your own successful experience with your first employment. What else has helped veterans that you've spoken with with employment? Uh, one I like is Operation Meraki. Actually, the episode, ironically, with Michael Thomas, the founder of that, came, came out, uh, actually it's coming out this week, uh, coming out tomorrow. But uh, that's kind of the, the space that they're in is working with getting resumes, getting LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn is an amazing tool. And I, I hate the fact that when you leave the service, part of the tax or whatever each branch calls it these days, it might have changed. But they just say, oh, you got to go get a LinkedIn profile. You got to get on LinkedIn. Well, what they should be telling you is why you need to get on LinkedIn and right. how to do it right. 
I see it all the time. And you see the the standard military picture and they're sitting straight up and the flags behind them and it's their, their military headshot. That's not going to help you get a, get a job on the outside. It might give a, some HR person a, a warm, fuzzy feeling, but you need a professional headshot. You need information filled out. I, I see, I see a wide range of information that comes on veteran profiles on there and you got to use it to your advantage. And mm. it's just, they just tell you that you need to do it and don't really say much about how to do it or why to do it. So, you know, oper- I think Operation Rocky is a, a great place to start and f- just fill out your profile. I'm sure there's a lot of other ones. That's the only one that comes to, to mind right now. Can you tell me the name again? Um, how do I spell it? The operation? Uh, Operation Meraki is M-E-R-A-K-I. Okay. So if everyone, I'm just going to drop this into the chat. So that'll be on LinkedIn. It'll be on Facebook and it'll be on YouTube as well. I'm just going to show it on the screen. Great resource. Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. I'm happy to share resources when I know about them. <laughs> and always mm-hmm. learning about new ones. So I always tell I always tell people if you hear something i don't know about send me a message on it because i want to know can't share it if you don't know it keith i've been putting um up on the screen the url for your podcast are there other ways that people can access your podcast which platforms is your podcast on it's on all the major platforms apple spotify anchor google iHeartRadio. still waiting on pandora evidently they have a long process for that (laughs) But uh, it's it's on just about every platform that you could possibly go on. You can't miss it. It's a bright yellow uh, background with two two guys walk silhouette of two guys walking with a flag draped around them, uh, and I chose yellow to stand out so it grabbed your attention. Can't miss it. Brilliant. Well, Keith, I, I do again want to thank you for your service, and I do want to thank you for coming on the show as well with us for our veterans um, series. Really appreciate your time and appreciate you sharing. And I really encourage everyone check in the chat. Um, we've got actually the link and in the show notes for Keith's podcast. So Keith, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Very welcome. And everyone else, thanks for joining us on our Veterans Stories Difference Makers. And we look forward to seeing you again. And if you are a veteran or a family member of a veteran and you'd like to achieve your bachelor degree or your postgraduate degree, we are, as a university funded by the VA, would love to serve you and help you reach your goals further and faster. So we look forward to seeing you again on another podcast. 